What's cracking, everybody? It's your brain dump back with another clip. And today we're going to be interviewing a child uh, who's going to college, and I'm going to be providing advice, and it's going to be awesome. So sit back, enjoy the day, and uh, yeah, let's get started. Okay, that's, that. that's going to be the intro right there. No! <laughs> Today we have our first ever guest. Hello. What's your name? I'm Tristan. And how do we know each other? I'm your brother. <coughs> brother. I'm, <laughs> I'm your, I'm your, I'm your brother. brother. Shut up, I'm your oh. brother. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm going to college, so that's probably the, mo that's, like the main thing you need to know about me. That's pretty much your entire personality. Basically. That's exciting. Yes. What else do you like to do? Uh, well, I'm very into engineering and that's one of my big passions, so I'm going into engineering as my major. And uh, I'm also partially a musician. Partially? Yes, partially, just because I'm not pursuing it, you know, professionally. But I do enjoy it as a side hobby. What do you play? Cello. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Why do you like engineering? Uh, well, I don't know. It, it's been this thing that's kind of stuck to me ever since I was 13. I, like, started building computers for a while. And at first, it was because I wanted to play video games with my friends, and I didn't really have money. So I found out online that building a computer was the cheapest way of getting a good computer. Oh. And after a while, that became a business. And I got into computers, and I thought I was going to do computer engineering for a while. But then, you know, that main passion for computers kind of split up and went into other things such as vehicles and airplanes and whatever. So, you know, I decided to go for mechanical engineering just because it covers so many more fields than regular computer engineering. Nice. And yes. where are you even going to school? You haven't uh, told the people. I'm going to Boston University and surprisingly they're open, except it's really strict piece of COVID. Yeah, so. let's, let's talk about that because at Stanford, literally yesterday they just announced that undergrads will no longer be allowed on campus, which is different than what they said in June. But it seems like yeah. BU is, is sticking to the plan, so how are they managing that? Well, I mean, I, I feel like first you need to acknowledge that like the Northeast in general is a lot more stable than it is out on the West or the South, for example. But really it's extremely strict and it's almost like a three strike out rule. So essentially there's a bunch of rules that they set. If you end up violating them multiple times, I think the first time is that your ID card becomes disabled so you don't have access to Wi-Fi and I think some food, which is pretty bad. That's they starve like... you essentially, it's like not fun. Then, oh no, the first time is a warning. The second time is when they disable your card and the third time you're sent home. And then if you're really dumb and you go back to campus, even if they sent you out, you like decided to take a flight back and like say hello to your friends then they expel you, so. Wow. It's so intense. What kinds of things would you have to do to get warnings and, and strikes? Well, essentially, um, what they're doing is that they're quarantining people by dorm. Let's just say you're living, you know, somewhere on East Campus, right? And there's someone on West Campus. And let's just say they, they were in high school with you. Do you want to say hi to them? You could make contact with them outside. And as long as you follow, you know, social distancing protocols and you're wearing a mask, it's okay. But if you go to their dorm or if they go to your dorm, you're violating a bunch of policies and that could get you in big trouble. And that's going to be really hard because apparently I've been hearing rumors that there might not be RAs this year. Oh, so how does that work? I don't know. People said virtual RAs, which is the dumbest thing because, you know, you could totally get away with a lot more stuff. Yeah. Including coffee machines, which they somehow banned. Uh, yeah. 
But there's so they're still going to be RAs, but they're just not there in person because someone that's has to I'm make thinking. the rules. Yeah, but I mean, they're still going to be like security and so forth, and that's really like you know they're the ones who are really in control. I see. So. Are you allowed to go out and explore Boston? Okay. Or? Yeah. That, okay. So there's a very specific rule, and they continuously change it, and they changed it like I think two days ago. <laughs> um, so the original idea was that they test you on your arrival, right? And you get your results within 24 hours. And if you test negative, you're good to go. You can leave. You know that's Massachusetts law. As long as you test negative, you don't have to quarantine for two weeks upon arrival. However, BU completely changed that, and now you have to test three times in a row negative. And the issue with that is that to schedule three tests takes roughly two or three weeks. So you're stuck in your dorm for a while. I think you could still go out for you know for essential purposes, like if you really need like hygiene supplies or whatever. But to do anything social or like to explore the city of Boston, you have to wait a while. So that's yeah, that's intense. So yep. have you met anybody that you're going to be living with, or do you know other people that are living on your floor or in your dorm? Uh, well, I've been in contact with my roommate for a while, and uh, they're actually smart. What they did is that they're leaving today, but they got tested last night. And they've tested negative and then as soon as they arrive they get tested again so then essentially they, just, they already have two tests out of the way so they only have to wait about a week until they get their third test so that was the smart approach i didn't do that yeah why didn't you do that I, <laughs> like, well so also smart. they're in colorado so it's much easier to get a test out there versus here you have to show a bunch of symptoms to even you know qualify for testing and i think the only place that they do offer testing for random people is down near like san jose i think so it's really a hassle to deal with and yeah, not fun overall. Yeah, for context, we're in Marin, which is about 20 minutes north of San Francisco and San Francisco is what, an hour and a half north of San Jose? Roughly, so, so it's a yeah, while. We're kind of far. Does it give you any reassurance that you're going to a state that has way less COVID cases than California? A lot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nice, you know, I, I guess there is this whole idea of, you know, social interaction being limited. But, you know, if Massachusetts ends up recovering much sooner than California, which potentially seems to be the case, it would be very nice to be in Massachusetts at that time. True. <laughs> uh, until I have to fly back, that is, and yeah. then it's a bit of a mess. But, you know, it would be nice. And, and fun fact for, I don't know if you know this or anyone listening knows this, but the company that currently seems like it's most likely to figure out a vaccine, at least within the U.S., is based in Boston. They're called Moderna, hmm. I believe. So I did not know that. I don't know. If they figure something out, maybe people in that area will get first access. Most likely. Perhaps. If the Russian vaccine doesn't work. If the Russian vaccine doesn't <laughs> work. Who knows what's going on with that? All right. Well, outside of COVID, what are, what are you excited about? Uh, I mean, originally it was the whole college life, you know, meeting new people and going out on parties on weekends and whatever. I'm a freshman. I'm not even a freshman. I wouldn't even know. So, no, I, I guess after my first few weeks, I'll definitely get an idea of what it is, yeah. assuming that COVID didn't exist. But now that it does, it's going to be very different. Yeah, that's really weird because, I don't know, with my college experience at least, the whole party scene, you really get into it mainly like the first few weeks of college. And, and then, then you get bored of it. Yeah, you get bored of it really quick. So I wonder if, you know, after the first few weeks of getting to know each other and forming a squad, if you will. Yes. If you're still going to be the interested boys. in the boys or girls, you never know. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, if um, you'll still be interested in going out, probably. 
but I feel like it'll be it'll be different. It's gonna be parties exclusive to floors or dorms. Yeah. That's how I see it. And I'm in one of the smallest dorms, so it's not gonna be very interesting. I'm gonna no, be seeing the same. Honestly, people. small parties and you learn this pretty quickly. Are small parties are better. Because the other ones are overwhelming and scary. Yeah, and the bigger ones, well, BU doesn't have Greek life, or it does. It does. It has, I mean, it's not huge. I think it's only about like 20% of people that are in Greek life. Okay. But, yeah. yeah, Stanford, I think, is similar, but usually the biggest parties are thrown by, by frat frats. parties and whatever. Yeah, but that's kind of intimidating. I don't know. It's, I wouldn't say it's intimidating. It's just... A lot. It's just a lot, yeah. And it's also very similar, like from party to party. You basically just walk in and... There's just really terrible music blaring, and the floors are sticky from beer, and it smells like alcohol, and there's a lot of people dancing, kind of, or just hanging out, and some creepy people kind there. Kind of dancing, yes. <laughs> kind of dancing, but like mostly there to hook up or like get drunk. Um, and that's why kickbacks are the best. Yeah, small parties, usually it's with people that are invited or at least like they know someone who knows the host. And so everyone kind of has a connection. It's usually in a dorm, right? It's like something smaller. It's something, yeah, it's in a dorm or like if the dorm is smaller, it'll be kind of in a common room. So like everyone in that house or I see. Yeah, complex yeah. is invited. And yeah, like everyone knows each other. You can dance, but then there's also space to talk. Like it's not like music throughout where at a frat party, if you want to have an actual conversation, you, you have to leave. To, yeah, you kind of <laughs> need to leave, um, which is like not ideal. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what the deal will be around parties <laughs> with BU. Uh, not gonna. I mean, maybe on the floors, but there's nothing gonna be. I, I feel like frat or just Greek life in general is gonna be dead for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, maybe people like in the fraternity might be able to stay in the same building if they're not, you know, quarantined from each other. But even then, then they're just stuck in a house, basically, just not really doing right. anything. Is BU's Greek life housed? Like, do they have their own houses, or is it kind of distributed throughout? I believe it's doors? a mix. That's what I think. I'm not entirely sure because I'm not interested in Greek life. <laughs> but um, yeah, I believe it's a mix. There's, there's a few frats where like you're just staying in a dorm, and it's just you know it's more of like a, it's kind of like a club, really. It's more of a club than anything. Yeah. But then you know there's always the hardcore frats. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're next to the MIT frats. I could be wrong, but. You know, they're in the same area. MIT frats, gosh. I wonder what those are like. Those are <laughs> probably I, I really like, different. I feel like they could be like regular frats. Could be. I, I feel like there's always kind of like the jocks yeah. and whatever. We won't make matter. assumptions. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, so if you don't want to join a frat, which by the way, I respect because, well, we, we won't get into that. But I think Greek life is just a bit overrated in my opinion. But um, if y'all are listening and don't agree, you know, feel free to retaliate. Um, but are there any groups you are interested in joining? Any clubs? Any like extracurriculars? Not necessarily any clubs, but I know that for engineering, there's labs that are specifically open for non-academic purposes. And there you can actually group up with friends who are also engineers and work on projects. And you can, there's even places like centers that are in the area where you can actually get sponsorship. Nice. So if you have a really good idea and you're just working on something on the side, you could totally do it. And I mean, if you're doing it with your friends, it's probably a blast. So that's what I want to do. Yeah. Not necessarily a club, but, you know, if I have a project in mind uh, and, you know, I have a few friends that agree on actually, you know, making it a real thing, then definitely something worth considering. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think that for me in college, the way I made almost all of my closest friends was through orchestra, which was like my main extracurricular activity. I mean, the other main way is through your dorm, but... 
in that scenario, it's just kind of like an algorithm or it's random that like you're put together. And so you'll become friends just by virtue of being in the same place all the time. But mm -hmm. like you don't necessarily have anything in common with the person other than the fact that you're living there. Whereas like if you join a club, you That's already fair. know that you have one common interest. So it's really easy yeah. to become good friends with people. I mean, it's a bit different for BU though, because I'm on an engineering floor exclusively. So that helps, but not only that, but there's like forums where you, you can choose your roommate, but you could actually meet people online and Skype mm -hmm. them and everything. So you, you can get an idea of who the person is before you actually meet them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of like met my roommate already in a way, and I already know I have a lot of things in common with them. So most likely we're going to get along really well. That's so, nice. you know, it's better than just a completely random algorithm, just picking some random dude. Like, yeah. And you have no idea who they are. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what Stanford does. I honestly don't really know if it's changed, but when I started there, supposedly they handpick your roommate and it's like a mix of algorithms and like real people. But you have nothing in common either way. Well, it depends. I think with my roommate, I really got to know her pretty well and she was a really cool person. And some people live with their roommates all four years. Some people immediately, it's like not a good fit. It's like, I'm um, switching, goodbye. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't hear of that many extreme cases, but I know there were, there are always a few. But. Are there any cases where like, there's an actual like fight, like hand to hand? <laughs> there, not that I know of, or okay. like not that I ever saw, but in my freshman dorm, there was one person that got expelled, um, like in the first I want to say three weeks because they took a bunch of acid. I say, like, oh. I think it was their first time doing it and they had a really bad reaction. So they got really aggressive and they punched an RA. And oh, then they, no. had, <laughs> they had a watermelon for some reason and they like banged on someone's door and then went in their room and smashed the watermelon on the floor and it was a whole thing. Yeah, no, um, I, I can. <laughs> so yeah, that was like the last time we I already understood why they got expelled, <laughs> like hitting the RA part. Like, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fun. I mean, I've heard all kinds of other crazy stories at Stanford, but in terms of like early freshman year, that's probably the, the highlight. So do you have any questions for me about college life? I know that it's going to be very different for you but at the same time like it is still college and it's still freshman year and everyone is kind of on the same page in terms of like trying to make friends and like exploring mm -hmm. your major and stuff so i mean if see. they can be as juicy as you want well let's keep it pg but other than oh, that okay. <laughs> um hmm. i mean this is kind of like a general question but like how much stuff like because this is a common you know issue with freshmen and you know it's a common stereotype that they bring way too much stuff with them in general to what extent would you say is too much stuff mm. i mean i think that anything that you can get after you've settled in and like anything that you wouldn't necessarily need in the first few days to a week like you don't need to bring oops <laughs> um <laughs> And I think it also depends on how much you know about the room and the setup. Um, okay. Because I think for me, I, I definitely made that mistake of bringing too much stuff. I mean, I was, <laughs> I know people that definitely brought more, but I think especially freshman year, you don't necessarily get the best of the best storm. So there may be some space issues, some storage issues. I think it's best to wait until you have a really good sense of how much space you have. I know that you saw pictures, but 
sometimes it's best to wait until like you're standing in the room but i mean honestly you know what's considered essential like you want bedding you want maybe a lamp if they don't provide you one um yeah i think in terms of decor and all of that yeah, because I, I went a bit crazy with that. Not gonna lie. I did calculate, like, the dimensions of certain things I knew, like the bed frame and everything, but, like... Yeah. I got a lot of stuff in terms of decor. Like, as soon as I get there, I can make... I, I can basically set up everything. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of nice to take your time because the way that you envision your room looking might change over time. It might be nice to have a few staple pieces that like you know for sure you want in your room. But yeah, I mean, I think that less is more, honestly, at least at the beginning. And I would say that you can always get more stuff, but then if you bring too much, like it's really hard to store. Okay. Um, well, I mean, that, I guess that advice goes to people who are not in college yet because I, I made that mistake. Well, how much did you get? <laughs> I didn't get like a lot. But I def there's definitely stuff I could have gone when I got there. But I figured, you know, since I might have to quarantine and whatever, I might as well have enough stuff to make my dorm, like, cozy for a while right. at least. So I got, like, lights. I even got a clock already, actually, like a wall-mounted yeah. clock. Well, that's so, the like, other thing. Like that. That's the other thing. You're going to be staying in your dorm so much longer. Yeah, that's what I figured. I, I mean, am. like, I was like, I'm staying there most of the time. So, you know, I'm probably going to have to pack more than, you know, the typical college student packs. I, I need to make it as comfortable if not more comfortable than yeah. my room already is so uh, i don't want something like super bare bones and you know i'm like barely <laughs> hanging on and i'm like losing my sanity and it's just not comfortable at all and i'm always bored so yeah. you know i figured to get a bunch of like nice equipment you know stuff i can actually use and enjoy so i don't lose my mind right. in quarantine yeah well that makes sense i think that worst case you just have too much stuff and like you can always find ways to donate it or store it somewhere, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I got like too much stuff. Like, I, I feel like there's definitely enough room for me to put my stuff, but yeah. I did get a lot, I will admit. It's all good. Do you have any questions maybe about classes or studying for tests or how are your classes even gonna work in terms of lectures and exams and everything? I have no idea in terms of exams. I'm gonna be dead honest with you. <laughs> but uh, in terms of classes, I know some of them may or may not be in person. They're still like releasing information. Uh, I know that labs, well, some labs are actually just giving you kits to do in your dorm. Whoa. Which is a bit intense. That's a lot of responsibility. It is. But at the same time, you know, my lab periods were 8 a.m. So I'm okay with that. Um, so I don't have to wake up so early and, you know, I guess I'm doing chemistry. So yeah, wherever the chemistry is. Cool. But um, yeah, it's only for one semester, then I do physics for the rest, so it's much better. So um, they haven't said anything about how you're going to be... Are you getting letter grades? Do you even know? Like, uh, I believe I'm getting letter grades, unless they change their mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll pray that I get pass-fail. That would be amazing. I'd love pass-fail. Yeah, but, but I think that with freshman classes, it's going to be hard because there are all these like core classes that you kind of need to prove yourself in. Yeah. So you're taking chemistry and you're taking writing. Yeah. Are you taking anything specifically relating to engineering? Yes, there's two engineering courses. One of them is like an engineering introduction, and I think that's for the first semester, and then it kind of splits into more specific things. And then there's this other one where it's like an introduction to coding, because uh, I haven't done coding, so I have to do the most basic one. But yeah, I do it's have to do coding, uh, I think programming, I, I think there's also hardware involved. So, you know, kind of like the computer engineering field, but that's most of the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, physics later on, you know, 
Uh, essentially, all you have to do is semester of chemistry, and then for the rest of college, it's all physics. Which you like, right? Which I prefer over chemistry, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, um, it's not a controversial opinion, I feel like. Or maybe I'm wrong, but no, I, hate, it's, it's I very, hate chemistry. No, it's very controversial. Some people Is love it? chemistry over it. Yeah, no, oh. I know that for a fact. I have friends who love chemistry okay. more. Well, but, maybe in yeah. college that'll change. I don't know. At Stanford, the chemistry department's not the best. I don't want to get in trouble, but um, it's true. Like, a lot of people take introductory chemistry, thinking that they're going to be pre-med or doing some sort of yeah, STEM like, just major, and yeah, they drop out. So that's pretty surprising, but what class are you most excited for? Uh, I mean, I would say physics, but I'm not taking physics. Mm. <laughs> so... Uh, Why do you like physics? I don't know. I, it just it feels like you get a deeper understanding of everything that's around you and you pay attention to a lot more details, I feel. Like, I don't know. I, I, I took the International Baccalaureate, the IB. You know, I mean, it was not a good time because, you know, the whole grading scandal and everything really messed a lot. Grading scandal? Yeah, they, they had a grading scandal. So usually you have I, um, IB exams when you finish your diploma. And you, you know, based on how much you study for it, you get a grade out of that. And usually it's roughly like 60% of your grade. So it's, it's really big. And let's just say like you don't do very well in your classes or, you know, graded assignments and whatever. You still have the opportunity to make up for it uh, with these exams. So you could study really hard. Um, but what they did this year is that they said they wouldn't have exams. And personally, I thought it was a great thing because I did much better on my written assignments. But then they never revealed how their algorithm worked and what they graded it upon. So uh, lots of people got grades much lower than predicted, and some people even failed when they were predicted to pass. So Oof. big scandal. I don't know. I haven't really looked into whether there have been lawsuits you know, against the IB, but I'm sure there have been. Uh, but yeah, it's a big scandal. And hell, I mean, BU didn't even ask me for IB scores because I guess, you know, because of the whole situation. Um, but yeah, I did get really screwed from the IB because I was supposed to get a bunch of credit and that would have helped me a lot, but now I don't have any. That's exciting. Yeah, I was supposed to, you know, if I had gotten the credit I was meant to get, I would have been way ahead in a bunch of classes. Uh, but no, now I have to start from the, I mean, you know, it's always good to review and whatever. Yeah, it'll be so easier. So it'll be much easier for me. Uh, you know, so for example, with math, actually with math, I wasn't going to get credit anyway because I took a more basic class, but I essentially have to retake calculus one, even though I'm beyond that. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, because you need to take online classes, it's probably not ideal to start with all of these new classes that you've never learned the material for. So yeah. Yeah. Are you excited about the woman in college? Uh, because Tristan is single, ladies, so mm, get ready. I mean, <laughs> I was until I found out I couldn't leave my dorm. That's true. So, but what if there's some nice girls on the engineering floor? Yeah, but is it not? I, I think I feel like it'd be kind of awkward if I did have a relationship with someone on my dorm That's or like true. on my floor. That's and true. And then it just stopped. And then every morning I would just see their face as I leave my dorm, you know? That's true. Maybe well, like in the same dorm building or like on a different floor, that I wouldn't mind. But if it was like on the same floor or like my neighbor, that's a yikes. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm glad you have that insight for those who aren't in college anymore. It's formally known as dorm cest, where you <laughs> <laughs> nice. Where you um, get in a relationship or have an intimate interaction <laughs> with somebody in your dorm and it can lead to very awkward situations if it doesn't work out. 
There are rare cases where it, it does. It, I actually, yeah. I just had a call with a Stanford alum um, a couple of days ago, and she told me that she met her husband in her freshman dorm. So hmm. you never know. Okay. But that's fair. I guess once you're able to start roaming around is when you'll get more excited about that. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on how locked up and desperate I become. So I'm going to be honest. Yeah, that's uh, the other thing. If I become desperate, you know, I might I might just go for it and just be like, whatever, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It well, really depends on how long I'm stuck in my dorm. What kind of lady are you looking for, Tristan? I don't know. What's like, what, what's your type or like, what are your top three qualities that you look for? I need smart is one of them. That's a, that's uh, I cannot, I can't anticipate how many times I've like gone out with someone who, I mean, I don't want to be mean, <laughs> but there's hopefully no one that you, that you've dated, um, listens to this, but there, there have been many, I mean, no, the, granted there have been a few smart people that I've dated and you know, I have much more interesting conversations with them, but when they're not smart, when you're trying to have a conversation with them, you always feel like you have to explain things to them and it just kind of slows the pace down. Mm. So probably one of the biggest ones, um, I guess like adventurous also, so like willing to actually do things yeah. and move because I don't want to be like sitting somewhere and just not doing anything. Okay, but like, <laughs> is that not what you do all the time at the house? Well, that's because I'm in quarantine and I have nothing uh -huh. to do and all my friends okay. are leaving. So okay. I feel like once I'm, you know, doing my own thing, I mean, of course, there's, you know, there's that factor where there's times where you don't want to do anything and I definitely respect that and I do that myself. But, you know, I also want that aspect where I actually do things. You want a balance. Yes. And then lastly, personality. You know, looks are overrated. They are overrated. I mean, they're still, it's so important. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but like, I feel like personality is so much better. Like you could have a pretty face and be like the most horrible person ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie. I have, I have witnessed lots of that before. So Ooh, you tell them, Tristan. Yeah. Um, I feel that personality is much stronger. And even if, it doesn't turn out to be a relationship. If your personality is good, you know, you're much more bound to being in more friendships than another person who's maybe has friends because they're attractive and whatever, but you know, they're fake friends True. and fake friends are not good. True. So yeah, that's my opinion, you know? Yeah. Well, what would you say is a good personality? Just like a nice person? A person, I mean, you know, you don't want to be too nice. Uh, then True. you just get walked all, you know, all over. I've had that issue before high school, early high school. So yeah, don't get walked all over, but you also want to be like generous and considerate and understanding. Understanding is a big one. Mm-hmm. Respectful? Uh, yeah. I mean, respectful is a big one, but I feel like understanding is bigger. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, I know how you feel, but like, oh, they, you they mean, just say it you for mean the sake of like, saying it. Yeah. You mean like empathetic. I mean, I don't want to sound like an edgy, like 14 year old saying like, you don't understand me. I'm so unique. My life is so difficult. I mean, it's not, but, um, you know, I, there has to be a factor of someone like understanding how you feel. I mean, it's always good to give signs that you're, you know, not feeling good. I don't want to like have those messages where it's like, oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Like usually when you get those mm. kinds of messages, you're like, okay, something is wrong. You want someone who's communicative. Yeah. Communication is like huge in a relationship and I feel like if anything's gonna last you need a lot of communications and things need to be like crystal clear. Other men listen up because this is some true tea right here. So yeah, communication's important and if you don't communicate that's where cheating happens. So yep. True. Okay, my last question for you. Yes. Is pretend that your senior year self is listening to this podcast right now. 
what? I'll probably listen to it in Yeah, four you years. should. What message do you have for yourself? What do you hope you'll have accomplished? And what do you hope you, I guess, won't have done? I mean, I'm hoping I got my engineering degree. Okay, so future <laughs> I mean, Tristan, get your degree. What else? Uh, if not, get your business degree, which I'm also okay with to a certain extent. <laughs> okay. Uh, still consider grad school because, I mean, I can't really, I don't have much say because it's really far from now and I don't really know what I'm talking about, but grad school would be nice. Let's see. Good. I hope yeah. college was fulfilling and you learned and grew a lot because growth is very important and I don't want you to be the same. Uh, <laughs> Why? Yeah. Do, you, do you not like yourself right I'm now? I'm in need of an upgrade. Ooh. <laughs> Everyone is, um, to some extent. Yes. And the grind never ends. You always have to move up. So I guess fulfillment is really like the big thing. You know, if you felt that the college experience was, you know, really like complete. Yeah. Also just like having a better idea of what you want to do. Because, you know, right now I'm just speaking about mechanical engineering or just engineering in general, actually, since I'm considering different degrees potentially. But I would hope that you have a better idea of what you want to do specifically, like if you wanted to do like automotive or something. So hopefully you have a better idea and it's really about it for now. Nice. And I also hope I'm not depressed after engineering because that's a common stereotype that lots of engineers kind of like, just like the workload kills them. So I'm hoping you're okay, but yeah, yeah. that's about it. Same. And also I would add on that even if you don't know specifically what you want to do, that's also okay because as someone who just graduated and as someone who knows a lot of people who just graduated, it's honestly pretty normal for people to not have a super clear idea of what they want to do. And sometimes you just need to enter the workforce and work a little bit to figure out what you like and what you don't like. So just remember that that's, yes. that's also a thing that can happen. But if you figure it out, that's, that's pretty cool too. Cool. Well, that's pretty much all I've got. Is there anything you want to add before we hop off? Um, no. No? No. Okay. I don't think so. Thanks. That was very <laughs> <laughs> that was very insightful. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for being my first guest. Where can uh, the people find you on the socials if they want to follow your BU journey? Follow me on the gram. What's your gram? Underscore Tristan B underscore underscore. That is way too complicated. It is too complicated. <laughs> I couldn't find any other more interesting. Okay. Well, that's, that's all right. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Yes. All right. Goodbye.